0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Management Decisions, where we speak with expert guests on a variety of business management and recruiting topics. On today's show, we're going to tell you how to avoid the number one hiring mistake. Joining me today is Carson Tate. Carson is a career coach, business consultant, author, and the founder of Working Simply, Inc., a management consultancy. Thanks so much for joining me today, Carson. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate the opportunity. So let's jump right into the topic then. And we're talking today about avoiding the number one hiring mistake. What exactly is the number one hiring mistake? So often
1: folks hire many me, team members. So instead of building a diverse team, they hire people that look and think just like them.
0: And why do you think that this is a mistake and why do employers tend to make this mistake? Why is it a common thing?
1: Well, it's a mistake because it undermines the opportunity to build a diverse team. And a diverse team, from my perspective in the productivity space, is diversity in terms of the way folks work and think and um, communicate and interact with each other. And so The mistake in missing this type of diversity is that you don't get the same robust ideas. You don't have the same opportunity to create new infrastructure. And it really does constrain your ability, I think, to grow. And the reason that so often we find ourselves doing this is because we really are attracted to people who are very similar to us, who think the same way that we do, who work the same way that we do. And that attraction leads us to hiring folks that look just like us.
0: So in in order to avoid making this mistake when you're going through the hiring process, I wanted to cover some of the strategies that you had mentioned in your article on this number one hiring mistake. The first one that you mentioned is leader, know thyself. So what kind of questions should you be asking yourself in order to determine your own personal work style? So determine your own
1: personal work style. I ask that you consider asking yourself how do you approach completing your work? So are you more an analytical, linear, fact-based person and that's how you approach your work? Are you more planned, sequential, and organized? Are you intuitive, communicative, and relational? Or are you more big picture, strategic, and synthesizing? Because then once you identify your approach, your work style, and how you approach your, getting your work done, you're able to identify where you are, and then make more informed choices about the style of your team members.
0: And most people are you know, fairly aware of what their strengths are. How can you identify maybe what your blind spots are? And those are spots, of course, that could be filled by employees that you, you want to hire to be on your team. Mm-hmm. And ideally, that's a great
1: consideration in hiring. So to identify your blind spots, the first place to start is Think about the feedback that you've received. So what have you received in a performance review, coaching that you've received around an area that is not a strength of yours and something for you to really focus on and develop? That is clearly a blind spot or an opportunity for improvement. Also, I encourage folks to think about the work that you really do not like or enjoy doing. Mm. There's a reason for that. And it could be that it's a blind spot or it's really not... Um, an area of strength for you. So it's harder, maybe it takes longer, it's not as interesting. That's a clue that this could be a blind spot for you as well.
0: And then the second goal that you identify in terms of going through this hiring process is that you want to identify your current team's workflow execution gaps. Like you had said, you want to identify where someone could fill in with those strengths. So what are some tips maybe for some hiring managers or managers in general who are listening who want to go about this process of identifying the the gaps or the blind spots in their team? So the first step for a hiring manager is to look at their team and really
1: observe how their team members work. We all give off pretty significant clues around our work style preferences. So observe your team members. And look back on their performance reviews. Where have you called to their attention their strengths? And then where have you called out their blind spots or their opportunities for improvement? That is clearly indicating to you their work style preferences. And then also have a candid conversation with your employees around the areas in which they really prefer to work and how they prefer to work in those areas and how they choose and prefer not to work. That can really help you start to see the composition, the work style composition of your team.
0: And you list four characteristics in particular that you can look for in your team. And as you had mentioned, they're analytical, organized, relational, and strategic. Why is each one of these so important to the success of the team? What so often happens in teams is that there is
1: a preference or a predominant workflow style or styles. And so you start to get thinking that is um, very one-sided and versus Mm -hmm. very holistic. So let's say, for example, you have a team that really favors analytical and organized thinking. So they thrive using project plans. They're always on time. They're within budget. But any opportunity or any disruption in the plan or an opportunity to innovate is met with resistance because they really prefer that organized, structured approach. Well, if that's the case, when you don't create space for that ideation, innovation, you can have projects and ideas that tend to be pretty flat Mm -hmm. or uh, not as creative as they could be. So you're looking for that whole brain. It's what I call it, approach. It's where you've got the analytical and the organized balanced with the relational and the strategic thinker.
0: So then the third strategy, obviously, is that you want to look for the workflow execution cues in the candidates that you're hiring for your open positions. And you had mentioned in your article, obviously, the candidate does have to meet the necessary qualifications for the position. So once they do meet those qualifications, then let's say you have several different people who are available for the job. And now you want to determine their work style, specifically during the interview process. So I wanted to go through each of the styles. How can you tell if a candidate is more of the analytical way of thinking during the interview? So
1: you'll be able to determine if a candidate has an analytical preference or an analytical work style preference, first by the types of questions that they ask. An analytical thinker is going to ask what questions, what's the goal, what's the outcome, what's the data. They also are going to provide answers to interview questions that are very focused on goals and metrics and objectives. You'll probably notice in their career history that they excel with budgeting and finance. They're will going to ask you a lot of questions about data and resources that are accessible. And they tend to be more on the cutting edge of technology. And so might talk about the the latest technology advances within maybe your industry space or tools that they're using that they really have found helpful for them.
0: And then the second type of candidate would be the organized candidate. How can you tell just by interacting with them during the interview if they fall into this category?
1: So your organized thinker, the candidate with an organized work style preference, they're going to ask how questions. How have you done this work in the past? How have other departments completed this work? How do you like fill in the blank? They're going to talk a lot about structure, agendas, plans. They'll use the word solution frequently. They're going to be very clear as they articulate to you what their responsibilities and accountabilities are. They're going to talk in a very uh, linear kind of sequential order. And they're great at overlooking flaws or errors. And so you'll probably hear them talk about that as one of their strengths.
0: So then the third type of candidate would be your relational candidate. So what types of things would you look for as far as their communication during the job interview?
1: So your relational candidate, the candidate who has that relational work style preference, the first clue is they're going to ask you who questions So, who are the key stakeholders? Uh, Who are the members of your team? Who is typically involved in your project work? They're very focused on the people and the team members that are involved. They do their best work with and through people. So, as they're talking through their career history, you're going to hear this emphasis on team and we. They are really intuitive. And so, they're going to understand the subtle interactions that exist and they might ask you some questions about your culture the po- politics in your culture and they're really great at understanding intuitively what to do next so you might not get a lot of concrete data but you will get more of an intuitive understanding of what needs to be done and why they took a certain course of action
0: and then the final candidate would be the strategic candidate In the job interview, how could you determine if your candidate falls into the strategic category? So your strategic candidate, the candidate who has that strategic work style preference,
1: they're going to ask why questions. Why is this job open? Why has the work been done this way? Why not? These are big picture strategic thinkers. They're risk takers. So as they're talking about their job history, They're going to probably talk about innovation, um, that they took a risk, or they challenged the status quo, all of which is really important for them because they're your breakthrough idea folks. They're also going to connect the dots very quickly. They synthesize and integrate different aspects of data very quickly. And they're really going to ask about opportunities to create change, or they're going to talk a lot about change and use
0: words like see and ideate and brainstorm. In general, in any industry, you want to have a variety of different work styles, but I'm sure there's certain industries, certain career types where maybe a certain work style fits with that better than a different one might. Is it still important then to consider diversity or is it more important as a hiring manager to consider that that individual work style is going to fit with that job?
1: First of all, I just want to restate that, obviously, if the the hiring
0: manager is going
1: to hire the candidate who has the skills and the qualifications to perform the duties of that job. Mm-hmm. So, the work style can impact a person's alignment and interest in performing the work duties. However, I still believe that there is value in having a diverse team with different work styles because of the different perspectives that are offered. So you would typically think, for example, like in a financial function, Mm -hmm. you will find work styles that tend to be more of that analytical organized. But if you don't have folks in finance thinking about who they're serving and who the customers are, then those financial decisions could potentially negatively impact the organization. So there is value still in that diversity.
0: Right. So then maybe for hiring managers who are listening, who they want to implement some of these strategies that we've been talking about, and they really want to look for diversity in terms of work styles when they're interviewing candidates. What are some tips or some advice that you could offer them as far as implementing these strategies in their hiring process? Mm -hmm. So the first step is just awareness.
1: So awareness around their own biases, an awareness and understanding of their workflow execution gaps. So knowledge of the workflow styles that are on their team and the gaps that exist. And then during the interview, it's looking for clues from the candidates and then aligning those with their needs. So your analytical candidate, they're asking, again, those what questions. When they send you a follow-up email, it's going to be succinct. Not a lot of extra words, probably just a sentence or two. They're really great at focusing and prioritizing in terms of time management, and they're going to tell you how they solve problems. So listen for that. Then your organized candidate, and as I said, they're asking those how questions. Mm -hmm. Their email back to you, if they respond, is going to have bullet points and clearly stated next action items. When they tell you about their work history, they're talking about completing work in advance of the deadline. And they're frequently your project managers. They're the ones that are organizing the projects. And then the relational candidate, they're asking those who questions, as I mentioned earlier, and their emails tend to be more personal. They tend to open with a salutation and a question maybe about how your weekend was. When you hear them talk about managing their time, they talk about negotiating deadlines with colleagues and really working towards consensus. And their project management, they're facilitators of the meetings, and they're identifying the people resources who need to be involved. And then your strategic candidates, again, they ask those why questions. Why not? If you get an email from them post-interview, look at it. There are going to be a lot of different ideas contained Mm -hmm. within one email, probably longer paragraphs. They're going to talk about getting their work done, but it's going to be done just in time at the last minute. And from a project management perspective, they're going to tell you about how they contribute new ideas. So as you're thinking about potentially implementing some of these strategies, listen for the clues that are given in the interview after you're aware of your gaps, and then you can match the candidate to what you really need.
0: And I think you gave an important insight, too, into understanding the person It's not just the interview, but you can also be looking for clues during the email process or if you're speaking with them on the phone, maybe prior to an interview or after an interview. There's a lot of different ways in which you can pick up on those clues. Exactly. And Jenna, you know, one other way is if you are doing reference
1: checks, you can have a conversation and ask their current manager or former manager, tell me a little bit about how they manage projects. Tell me a little bit about what you've observed in their time management skills, and that will provide an additional one or two data points for you as the hiring manager, additional clues as to how this person actually works, their work style preference.
0: And I think you've given us a lot of great, practical, insightful tips that hiring managers can take and they can apply now that they're they're ready to maybe tweak or update their hiring process. So I wanted to give you the floor just at the end here for the last minute or so to share any final words of advice that you might have for our listeners on this topic of diversifying when you're in the hiring process.
1: Well, I think we're that we're only as good as our team and the teams on which we work, and a high performance team is diverse in thought, in execution, and in strengths. And a high performance team actually performs. I mean they get work done. And they're able to execute efficiently, effectively, and creatively because they're diverse and not a team of just mini-me's, carbon copies of the manager.
0: And that will do it for us today. You've been listening to Management Decisions with today's guest, Carson Tate. Thanks again for sharing your insight with us, Carson. Well, thank you, Jenna. I so appreciate it. And as always, we love to hear from you, the listeners, as well. If you have a suggestion of another subject to cover on the show, please email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.